Hello, and welcome to Imperfect Men, yet another Rexipod rating all the Founding Fathers of the United States, from Andrew Adams to George With. I'm Cody. I'm Stephen. And today, Stephen, we are discussing our first uh, founder from the seas. We finally reached the seas. We're out of the A's, we're out of the B's, we're in the seas. <laughs> I thought you meant the seas as in like the, the open sea, like the seas. He's from the sea. He's like a mermaid. He's birthed from the sea. <laughs> founding merman. <laughs> no. Today we're discussing Charles Carroll of Carrollton. Oh, this one, he's got like a, a weird, like um you'll like a duke, you know, it's like the Duke of Burnbury or whatever. Yeah. Uh we'll we'll, I'll, we'll discuss that. So Good. We should. So Carroll, born on September nineteenth, seventeen thirty seven, in Annapolis, Maryland, to Charles and Elizabeth Carroll. Mm. Uh, now, the Carroll family, they're uh, quite prominent in Maryland. Uh, they were descended from old Irish Catholic nobility. Okay. Uh, one, of their one of Charles' ancestors was actually the uh, local ruler of a section of Ireland like many centuries beforehand. So they come from a prominent Irish family. Okay. And they immigrated to Maryland in the 1680s, and they eventually became one of the largest landowners in the colonies. Dang. Uh, in Maryland, uh, it's, I feel like I should mention, it was originally set up as a refuge for Catholics. Because England at this time was very anti-Catholic. There were several anti-Catholic laws. Uh, the English Civil War had just happened, which you had the Puritans in charge. Very anti-Catholic measures were in place. So Maryland, as a colony, was kind of established for... Uh, for Catholics as a place to go from England. Dang. Uh, and, you know, being Irish, or of Irish descent, the Carols were Catholic. Sure. Uh, but in the 1680s, about the time that uh, the, Char the Charles Carroll's grandfather, also called Charles Carroll, <laughs> he's so referred many. to as Charles Carroll the Settler. Oh, the Settler. Uh, to distinguish him, him from his descendants. Uh, Around the time he immigrated, anti-Catholic sentiment in Maryland itself was rising, and eventually Catholics would be barred from public office. Dang. And they weren't even allowed to vote. Holy crap. Well, I didn't know that. this was kind of the same way in England. That's crazy. Yeah, Catholics were not allowed to vote. Uh, wow, that is... Okay. Yeah. I didn't know like, that. Anti-Catholic. Very like, much so. Like, so much so. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's why they hate the Irish so much. Yeah. Uh, now, about our subject, Charles himself... Uh, born 1737, uh, due to a weird quirk in the inheritance laws, his parents weren't actually married at the time of his birth. Like, his father could not get married hmm. at the time. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't fully understand this. I didn't go into it. But, point being, they're not married when Charles is born. So, Charles is technically a bastard. Oh. His parents do get married later in 1757, when Charles is 20. Dang, okay. So, uh, but he was educated as a je at a Jesuit prep school until age 11, okay. so Catholic high school, uh, when he was sent to France for further education, and he was uh, educated there at Catholic institutions, uh, the prominent uh, Lycée Louis Le Grand, Ooh. which he graduated from in 1755. Fancy. And he went to London to study... Law. Yes. No... None of these guys have been lawyers. Yeah. And he remained uh, in Europe until 1765. 
So he so he leaves uh, Maryland in 1748. He doesn't come back until 1765. Damn. So he's over in Europe for quite a while. Years, years. Uh, but now speaks multiple. He's educated lawyer. Speaks multiple languages. Comes back in 1765. Quite a catch. Uh, yes. This also means he's in Europe during the Seven Years' War in Europe and the French and Indian War, which was happening in the colonies at that time, which we discussed before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's in Europe at that time. So he's kind of seeing it from a different perspective. Okay, okay. So he's kind of seeing it like he's not English, he's not French necessarily, but he's there, and he's kind of observing it from afar. Interesting. So So he's he's not like, he's not English. Yeah, he's he, not French. He's of Irish descent. He's he an Irish. Colonies, but he's he's literally spent half his life at this point in Europe. Interesting. So yeah, so he's kind of has a unique perspective on okay, things. Okay, yeah, 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 sure, sure. Uh, do, uh, after he returned uh, in 1765 and in 1768, he marries Mary Darnell. Uh, which, uh, which time his father Charles again named Charles, Charles Carroll. <laughs> yeah, Charles Carroll. He grants. Our Charles Carroll, the manor of Carrollton, <laughs> which Carrollton. is why our Charles is called Charles Carroll of Carrollton, to Carroll, distinguish Carroll, him from Carroll. his father, who we was referred to as Charles Carroll of Annapolis. Charles Carroll. His, and his grandfather, remember, Charles Carroll, the settler. I love it. I love that they have these little weird names. Yeah. Charles and Mary would go on to have seven children before Mary's 1782 death. That's Irish Catholic. Uh, three of whom would survive. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. One of whom is named... Charles Carroll. Charles oh, Carroll. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he is called Charles Carroll of Homewood, because wow. that would be his house. Sounds like a D&D campaign. More there's and more. Also, there's also a cousin in the mix, also named Charles Carroll, and he's just called Charles Carroll the Barrister. The Barrister. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's just oh, the a way bear to wrestler. Distinguish these guys from each other. Charles Carroll, the bear wrestler. The bear, the, the bear, yeah, the bear wrestler. Bear wrestler Charles Carroll. Now the barrister. Uh, so I would like, I would want to pick something that was like something like that, as a like whimsical or something like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> despite not being able to hold public office, Charles was still able to influence public opinion via newspaper columns, as several of these guys do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wrote under the pen name First Citizen because these guys love the Romans. Uh-huh. Uh, but he he engaged in increasingly vitriolic debates through the column with a guy named Daniel Delaney, who was a prominent loyalist, which almost led to the two uh, fighting in a duel. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it got to that point where they were just like, just slinging mud at each other. Like so much so that they were like, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, Delaney Charles uh, challenged him to a duel, but wow. eventually it worked out. Yeah, you know, as the seconds usually do, they work out these things, and the duel never happened, but mm. came close. Uh, Charles he participated in committees of correspondence, like again, like many of these other guys do, as well as the Annapolis Convention, a shadow legislature set up by Patriot revolutionaries in 1774, because the royal governor of Maryland had suspended the colonial legislature. So the royal governor's like, all right, well, this colonial legislature's getting a little too uppity. <laughs> so I'm just going to suspend it. And a lot of the patriot guys are like, well, we'll just form our own legislature. Yeah, how about that? With blackjack and hookers. <laughs> Matter of fact, forget the legislature. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a Futurama reference. But uh, yeah, so 
and, and, and Charles, he was kind of one of the guys who was more, uh, how do I want to say, violent when it comes to his revolutionary ideas. Oh, okay. So uh, again, Irish though. Yeah, well, they're fighting. Very fiery. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, this is an exchange with uh, his contemporary Samuel Chase, who will also get an episode not too much further down the road. Uh, Chase, we have the better of our opponents. We have completely written them down. Meaning, you know, we're proving ourselves through our writing. Sure. Carol, and do you think that writing will settle the question between us? Chase, to be sure, what else can we resort to? Carol, the bayonet. (laughs) Our arguments will only raise the feelings of the people to that pitch when open war will be looked to as the arbiter of the dispute. Jiminy Christmas. This guy's like, kill them all, let God sort them out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) War. Yeah. Well, hey. Yeah. Uh, While not a delegate to the First Continental Congress, he was an observer to the proceedings in Philadelphia. He was was there watching. He's not actually there debating. He's just like, I'm just just here. Just hanging out. Witnessing. Hey, front row seat. Uh, but he was chosen by the Second Continental Congress in early 1776 to serve on a four-person commission that traveled to Montreal to enlist the support of French Canadians against uh, in the struggle against Britain. Dang. Because okay. there were several attempts that the colonies uh, made to, like, hey, Canada, why don't you come in with us <laughs> right. against Britain? Yeah, sure. And they all failed. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, the commission did fail, of course, but we'll talk about it a little bit more later. He was elected as a delegate to the Congress on July 4th, 1776. Hmm. Which means he arrived too late to participate in the debates or even the ratification of the declaration, but he signed it on <laughs> August the 2nd. Hey, he was like, you know what? Sounds good, guys. Here's my signature. Yeah. See ya. And he signs it Charles Carroll of Carrollton. That's awesome. So. Is he the only one that has like a name like that? Where it's got like There's a... another weird one later on, uh, okay. Daniel of St. Thomas Jennifer. Um, but we'll okay. talk about his name when we get there. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But yeah, like uh like the, those two are really the only ones that are weird like that. That's so cool. Yeah, you somebody have some three named people, but that that's about it. Uh he was the wealthiest person to sign the declaration. He was also the only Catholic to sign the Declaration. Well, because they hated him. Well, he's lucky he's even was even there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he continued in Congress until 1778, serving on the Board of War, which was the committee responsible for running the conflict. Makes which, sense. Yeah, doesn't surprise Seeing me. Seeing how he was like baying at him. Yep. Yeah. Which that sounds. It sounds both boring and menacing. The Board of War. Yeah, it does because you think of a board like a board meeting, like a you committee. think of a lot of people talking because well, of what it is committee. But then uh, war, yeah. Then you're like war, though. This war, John Adams though. also on this committee. So, uh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, he was elected to the new Maryland Senate in 1777 and would continue there until 1800. So he's he's there for over well over 20 years in the state senate. Dang. Uh, he was chosen as one of Maryland's first two U.S. senators in 1789. Serving until his resignation in 1792, uh, Maryland had enacted a law barring any individual from serving in both federal and state office simultaneously. So he's mm-hmm. like, well, I'll give up my U.S. Senate seat. I'll just continue in the state Senate. Sure. So, 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, he retired in public life in 1801, but continued to stay active. He served as one of the initial investors in the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad in 1827. Okay. Which is important for, you know, Ohio, where we live. Uh, he commissioned the Phoenix Shot Tower in Baltimore with construction beginning in 1828. This would be the tallest structure in the United States until the completion of the Washington Monument in the 1880s. Dang. And I had to look up, because a shot tower, because it's obviously not relevant anymore, basically it's how you would sort of mass produce, uh, like, like a buckshot. Okay. Like the actual ammunition. Basically, there'd be like this, like it'd be an extremely tall tower. And there'd be this screen at the top, and they're like a, a reservoir of water at the bottom. And you would pour molten lead through the top through this screen. Mm-hmm. And as it falls, basically, molten lead kind of takes, like, it's one of its properties. Like, as it falls, it kind of retains its surface tension. So it just kind of, like, naturally turns into, like, a near spherical shape. Oh, interesting. And then it hits the water, it cools. Uh. So it's kind of a way of, like, mass producing shot. Sure. Okay. So that's what these shot towers used for. He built the biggest one in the U.S. <laughs> that's weird. That's yeah. a weird claim to fame, but all right. Yeah. Uh, his last public act was the laying of the cornerstone of the B&O Railroad on July 4th, 1828. He died on November 14th, 1832 in Baltimore, age 95. Wow. He was the last signer of the Declaration to die. Wow. He lived forever. <laughs> 95. <laughs> 95 years old. Yep. Man, that's crazy. Especially for back then. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, John Adams, who died a few years before, he was 91, 92, I think. Oh, yeah, John Adams. Yeah. He lived forever, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, geez, man. Last time in the Declaration died. Now, this is just this just a little side note. I know that you have seen National Treasure. I have. Do you remember the part where, I can't remember if it's John Voigt or Nicolas Cage, they're explaining their families, because they, you know, they've been kind of ridiculed for believing all these conspiracy theories about a lost mm. treasure yeah. or whatever on the Declaration. Sure. And he's explaining it to uh, the, the woman in that movie. I don't remember her name. Oh, man. Um, or someone else in that movie. And he explains that his ancestor was like a page at the White House yeah. when... This old guy rolls up in a carriage wanting to speak to President Andrew Jackson, but Jackson wasn't there at the time. And so this old guy relayed this story about a map on the back of the Declaration to this boy, and then he dies, basically. True. In the movie, Charles Carroll. Really? Yes. <laughs> they specifically say it was Charles Carroll. He was the last side, the last remaining sign of the Declaration of Independence. Wow. So Interesting. It's just a little... Just a little I'm about to watch rewatch that movie now. Yeah, wow. so. they have a really cool pipe in that movie. He's, he, one of the one of the things, <laughs> I know, one of the I things is a mushroom pipe that's like it's like I forget what the what it is. It's like a it's like a boat. Like is it a boat? boat? I yeah, think it's like, it's like a like a, a old ship. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, but anyway, I know you're a pipe guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's the life of Charles Carroll of Carrollton. There he is. So, she- okay, perpetual union. How influential were they in the crafting of the founding documents? Well, he arrived in Congress after the Declaration was adopted, so he contributed nothing apart from its signing. And he didn't contribute anything to the other documents, so he's just got to get a zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. However, I will 
relay a little story about his name, just to, you know, kind of pad this part out a little bit. So, legend has it. Ooh, legend has it. That Carol, uh, he initially just signed the declaration as Charles Carroll. And now, remember at this time, you know, no guarantee that the revolution was going to succeed. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys putting their name on this document, they could have just essentially been signing their own death warrants. Oh, yeah. Because this was basically telling Britain, okay, well, we need to go after this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it it took something to actually sign it. And when after he signed Charles Carroll, he was kind of challenged by John Hancock, who, of course, was the president of the Continental Congress at the time. And John Hancock told him, well, there's several men in Maryland named Charles Carroll. Are you really, like, what are you risking by signing your name? Uh, You know, uh, you're you're really risking nothing. To which Carroll promptly grabbed the pen again and added the of Carrollton bit to the end to make it clear which Charles Carroll it was. Dang. Badass. Well, it's it's total BS. Oh, he had been signing like there's evidence that he had been signing his name that way for some time beforehand as a way to distinguish himself from his father, his grandfather, his cousin and his son. I like the legend better. <laughs> the legend. Is, yeah, the legend is fun. Yeah. Although I, it's just like, just name your just give them like other names exist. Yeah. I mean, well, usually they put like a prefix like, uh, you know, junior or the second or the third or the fourth. I mean, you could say he's Charles Carroll III, but I mean, it's just like, just, yeah. just give him a different name. Well, they're don't, all don't about like David. They're all they're all about legacy stuff. Yeah. I get. They had the last name, don't they? No, they got out of the first name too. Yeah, that's, anyway, how you, that's how you live forever. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, that's a zero for perpetual union. Not a great start. Mm. We the people. How influential was? Uh, our subject outside of the founding documents. Well, as I mentioned, he, he influenced public opinion through newspaper columns. He participated in the committee's correspondence. Like, you know, those things, you know, a lot of other uh, revolutionaries did that. Now, I mentioned the mission to Quebec. There had been attempts in 1774 and 75 to kind of peacefully persuade the Canadians to come over to the British side. Especially the French Canadians, because the colonists were like, well, you hate Britain, don't you? You're French. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Well, under the Quebec Act in 1773, Parliament had actually granted French Canadians a lot of rights. Like, you can practice your religion openly, because most of them are Catholic as well. Uh, You can keep some of your institutions of government. Oh, and uh, we're going to extend Quebec down to the Ohio River. Dang. So there was a brief period where our home state of Ohio was part of Quebec. Wow. Which is kind of weird to think about. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of French people here at one point. Yeah. Well, they, well, well I mean, that, uh, not, not necessarily. I mean, that they came in and like immediately colonized. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Like Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, wow. parts of Illinois. All, all Quebec. Oh, wow. We all could have been Quebecois. Quebecois. Yeah. I probably pronounced that wrong. Um, <laughs> and I, to which I apologize to our Quebec listeners if there are any. There's at least two. Uh, but so in June 1775, Congress decided, okay, well, we're not going to ask nicely anymore. You will join us. 
So they invade. Oh my god. Yes, that was the this was the first major offensive of the war was to invade Canada. What? And they sent up two different uh forces. One came up through New York, like Lake Champlain, uh up through Montreal, took Montreal, and then onto Quebec City. Which was the which was the the colonial capital at the time. The other force came up through Maine, which was largely woods at this point, mm-hmm. and still is. <laughs> yeah, partly still is, and would meet them at Quebec City. Sure, sure. And that force was led by a certain officer named Benedict Arnold. <gasps> we know his name. Everybody knows his name. He's not going to an episode, but <laughs> but we know who he is. Yes, every American knows who he is. Yeah. Uh, and they would they met at Quebec City on New Year's Eve, seventeen seventy five. Uh, the commanding general of the Continental Army was killed, Richard Montgomery. Wow. It was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, <laughs> the like America pulls back in seventeen seventy six. Spring of seventeen seventy six, they pull back. Before they pull back, they send this four man commission up there. To be like, hey, you should join us. What? It's like, yeah, it's like, well, it's like, didn't you guys just attack us? We're not going to join you now. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, the, well, they went to Montreal, which is the part that we'd already captured. To be like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's oh, better. Hey, yeah, you guys should join. You should guys should actually join us of your own free will, even though we already invaded you and captured <laughs> you. So this commission, it was f- four people in charge. Uh, it was our Charles Carroll. It was his cousin John Carroll who was the first Catholic bishop and later on archbishop in the United States. Dang. Uh, Samuel Chase, who we already mentioned and we'll get an episode, and a certain Benjamin Franklin, because he's involved in everything. Big Ben's there? Yeah, big, big old Ben's there. <laughs> Swinging his big old Benjamin Franklin around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was a big man. He was. Very gouty. Um, well, when he got older. Yeah, true. He still had it at this point, maybe. Everybody should read his autobiography because yeah, it's amazing. It, it is. And <laughs> if nothing, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Yes. <laughs> uh, I feel like the man. I feel like. I feel like he's a person who I only could have handled in small doses. I yeah. feel like he would have just became insufferable at some point. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. he would just been like, "Oh my god, he's going on about that same <laughs> thing again." You know, like that kind of thing. Or, 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 or just like the the the. <laughs> I feel like maybe he was this way later in life whenever anybody would say anything to him. He would just come back with, like, some old, like, quote, like, like so Benjamin Franklin, how are you doing? A penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> like he's, like, going crazy. Yeah. He's, like, insane, and he's just yeah. saying all of his catchphrases to everybody yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's like he's going, all- he's walking around with his shirt inside out, and he's, like, got his weird hat on, and he's, like, penny saved is a penny earned to everybody. <laughs> Just walking down the street. I would just... hang out with that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like he would just be... Ins- well, I mean, John Adams couldn't stain him. When in I, well, yeah, well, yeah, John which, Adams was kind of a stern dude, he, though, Yeah, so. he was also a bit of a stick in the mud, too. He kind of Franklin was. Franklin was a partier, so... I don't know. See, I, now that you say, you say it that way, I almost think he'd be fun. He'd be fun time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just... I feel like I could only deal with him, like... Once, twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Not every day. He's like that party guy that you're just like, I can't deal with this right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, I just need to rest. Yeah. You, you, go, you do you. Go party. Just give me a day. I'll go please. talk to John for a while because yeah. he's, 
he's more even keel. But anyway, <laughs> this is not the Benjamin Franklin episode. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> God, that episode's going to be like two hours. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Charles Carroll, uh, he was instrumental in the crafting of the new Maryland Constitution, which guaranteed religious freedoms. That's cool. So he could actually hold public office now and vote. Well, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, you know, I want to, but I want to vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during his U.S. Senate term, he was on the Joint Committee that approved the final draft language of the Bill of Rights. Dang. So that's pretty important. That's pretty important. Uh, he co-founded the B and O Railroad. That's cool too. And he commissioned what would be the tallest structure in the United States for sixty years. Well, the the B. Let's not. Let's not. You know. The yeah. The uh, B and O yeah, thing. Yeah, is the pretty B&O. big. Yeah, because that was a like really the first major like really trade link between the yeah. eastern seaboard and the midwest absolutely because it's huge like at this time really the only thing that existed was the national road exactly and it which, took forever yeah yeah which i mean this streamlined everything yeah especially like you know i mean the invention of the railroad in general made transportation far easier but this was the first to really mm-hmm. connect to really to connect uh the eastern seaboard with the land over the appalachian mountains yep uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, because like the population, I know just in Ohio, in the decades afterwards, it just exploded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it exploded everywhere in the West, but certainly Ohio in particular. Mm-hmm. Like you can just look at it by the number of, you know, representatives in the House we had. Mm-hmm. First decade we had like one. Second day we had like two. Then after that we had like six, and then like twelve, and then like twenty. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. It's just it, the the amount of population that moved there was enormous. Yeah, because it was easier to get there. Then. Yeah, and he was one of the early investors in that. So, well, that's huge. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that's uh, we the people. What do you want to give him? Man, he did a lot. He did a lot. He, well, a he lot. also he also lived a very long time, so he had yeah, time to do a lot. That's true. He did like like eighteen twenty eight. Uh, he's well over ninety years old at that point. So. Most people Jeez. would have been dead by then, so he would not have had that opportunity <laughs> to invest. That's true, but he did. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying he didn't, but like you know, uh, I'm gonna give him like, man, I'm gonna give him like, I'm gonna give him an eight. Eight. Okay. Um. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, religious He's, freedom in Maryland, which is huge. Deal. Which I didn't know about the Catholic thing, so like that's a big yeah. Big it thing. gives context to it, like why he'd be motivated to really just push for that because it's yeah. like, yeah, I I can't vote. I want to vote. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's and of course he's not the only Catholic in exactly. Maryland, but... I mean, there's a ton of Catholics there. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, and of course, religious freedom one of the pillars of you know American freedom our whole concept I, of freedom yeah exactly like i thought that was just a thing like that's why everybody came over here was for freedom of religion kind oh, yeah, of thing. Well, a mean, lot of them yeah i mean even over here like there were a religious certain religious i don't want to say persecutions but religious restrictions yeah. uh during the colonial period like uh uh, Rhode Island was founded by Roger Williams because he didn't agree with the Puritans in Massachusetts. Right. William yeah. Penn came over here and you know found Pennsylvania for Quakers. That's true. Yeah. So he kind of he kind of was for the Catholics. He was the, yeah that guy for the yeah Catholics. And, and you know Catholic or Maryland was originally founded for Catholics. But again, as time goes on, you once you have a more you know uh, uh, larger population, more Protestants in there. They were able to be like, oh, well, no Catholics. 
Yeah. So it, it, it's just like, it's so easier, it's so much easier just to not have those restrictions in place at all. Right, exactly. Because it, 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 sure, there's always going to be some degree of tension between certain religious groups, you know. Always. But it, it just, it, in the long run, it is just, it creates far less tension to just let them go worship how they want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just, it's fine. You may not agree with it, but just just go. You do you, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. Final language bill of rights, like you mentioned, be a railroad. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a seven. Yeah, okay. Because that because uh, they were all pretty pretty important. Pretty big things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, he didn't write the bill of rights, but he yeah. was. You know, he he had input on the final language, which of course, which of course, I mean, how many times have those amendments been before the Supreme Court? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where every letter is important, mm-hmm. so yeah, so uh, eight and a seven as a fifteen for mm-hmm. we the people. Mm. Now, articles of impeachment. Uh oh, how scandalous were they? Ooh. Uh, well, uh, his wife was his cousin. <laughs> Not only his cousin, his cousin through his father, and his cousin through his mother. What? Which is some weird sort of inbred that I can't even grasp. I got what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just like, how? Why? So he's a. I don't know if that's I like don't a know. double cousin. I don't double even, I, second I cousin. Even, I can't even fathom that. <laughs> I don't, I don't that, know. That's a le- that's a whole nother level of inbred. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, ooh, that's. Ugh. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he was one of the wealthiest men in America. Yeah. A wealth that was built on the backs of hundreds of enslaved individuals. Oh, dang. Like several contemporaries, he decried the practice of slavery, but made no effort to free those whom he held in human bondage. He even said, quote, Why keep alive the question of slavery? It is admitted by all to be a great evil. End quote. So he admits it's evil. (laughs) But he keeps doing it. Well, you're doing it. Uh, Maybe he just like went and had confession like every day. Uh, you all Catholic, <laughs> he's Catholic, Catholic yeah. so he's just like, yeah. all right, I'm absolved. And then and he's like, wait every, a minute, though, day, I still have like, him. All right, yeah, but he—that's, uh, I mean, he was, he was yeah. rich, so. Yep. Uh, and later in life, he supported the efforts of the American Colonization Society. Have you ever heard of this before? Mm-mm, no. That was the group that was established to encourage free blacks to migrate to Africa. Essentially, but... we they were ostensibly they didn't want they didn't want slavery. Yeah. But it was more important to them that if you were free, well you you, you get out of our country, go back to Africa. Wow. Yeah. Of course okay. it was it, it was the way it was framed at the time was also like Oh well, this is this is us really just encouraging them to go find their own path and blah blah blah. It's like, mm. okay, these people, you know, willingly or not, they've their families have been here for generations at this point. They don't know anything. Especially else. yeah, by like by the eighteen twenties and thirties, like you know, yeah, it's been they were born here. Yeah, yeah, they don't speak the language. It's been there. decades. Yeah, it's you're like... basically just sending them off to like. Die. <laughs> yeah, and th- and this is actually how the country of Liberia is founded in oh. Africa. Okay. Yeah, so this is like through like efforts of organizations like this. 
to, to send get... these free blacks to Africa because some of them did take did accept the opportunity to go do that. Oh sure, yeah. So this is how the country of Liberia is established. Interesting. It was like I think it was eighteen thirty. I think it was the year Charles Carroll died. I think it was eighteen thirty-two. No, might have been before that. No, I think it was eighteen twenty, maybe eighteen twenty-three. Get mm. my numbers mixed up because the capital of Liberia is called is Monrovia, mm-hmm. named after James Monroe. Okay, who was the president at the time? Interesting. I I, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, so Liberia wow. is was established by originally freed slaves or free so what they just like kind of set up a colony there yeah for the that's basically people? what it was an american colony of freed wow black people what okay <laughs> wow I, I did not know that yeah this is all new information for me yeah but it, w- it was kind of just like well if they're free we don't want them here let's shove them off somewhere else sure yeah so. yeah so yeah, yeah that's uh that's articles impeachment so what do you want to give them but also on the on the you know I hate to you know play devil's advocate for that because I get I I understand right. where it's really coming from but I mean on the other hand it is like they did give people the opportunity to go back to Africa if they wanted to yeah so I'm like sure, I'm I'm sure there were maybe like first I mean gener- they, they didn't force people to go did they no. so I mean that's see that's one thing there yeah there were I mean I'm sure there were for, like first generation Africans like maybe his parents were. Uh, kidnapped from Africa and enslaved in the United States. Sure, yeah. Maybe they themselves were kidnapped from Africa. Because, like, yeah, the slave trade legally is done by this point. Sure, yeah, right. But, but I mean, still, there yeah. was still an illegal slave trade going sure, on. Sure, yeah, of course. Um, no, you're right, yeah. I mean, that's I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like yeah, it's kind of... the Their intentions were not pure, but but no. on the other hand, it's like you did give these people an opportunity to return yeah. to their homeland. I mean, even so. Lincoln early on in his career supported the idea of it. I mean, later mm. on he came to be like, well, no, this is I see what I see what this the intention of this right, actually right. is. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So it's yeah, it's a double edged sword yeah. on that. So what do I give him? I give him a six. You know, six. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he. Uh, I know we give our default four for slaves, mm-hmm. uh, or enslaved people, rather. Um, and given the fact he was one of the largest enslavers in the U.S., mm-hmm. plus his involvement with the ACS. Yeah, six, I, that sounds about right for me, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, so, six and a six, that is a 12 for Articles of Impeachment. Now, your favorite category. Yes. The whites of their eyes. What do they look like? Let's see him. So, this is him circa 1800. Ooh, it's a nice color portrait. He was the wealthiest man in America at uh, one point. Man, he's got like a fur-lined jacket on. Oh, yeah. It, it is a nice portrait. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah he's red, rosy red cheeks. He looks like... He looks Irish, I will say. Um, <laughs> yeah. With the pointed nose and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, he looks like a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he's got blue eyes. Yeah, and, so... Uh... But he looks slender, you know? Yeah, yeah, very slender. Uh, Yeah, kind of the style. I I feel like I've seen Thomas Jefferson in the same type of uh, uh, overcoat or jacket like that with the fur. (laughs) The fur around it, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've seen him. That's very fancy. Very, very fancy. Yeah, so Um, uh, what do you want to give him for that? I'm going to give him, what is it, out of five on this one? Yep. I'm going to give a four on that Uh, Yeah, I'm going to match it. That that is a a very impressive portrait. It looks, I mean, it could be a picture. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've had drawings. Yeah, and yeah, it looks people, like he, he doesn't look like he's, like, you know, 
decrepitly old in that <laughs> yeah. either too. So yeah. Uh, uh, and then of course, <laughs> even though he was not present at the ratification declaration, he is in that painting. Oh. So he's about in this journal area right here. Okay. He is this guy. It's kind of looking backwards. Okay, up yeah. here. I feel like he's looking at this guy. Like maybe this I guy like so. stepped on his foot or something. He's like <laughs> looking up at him like. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that, that's where he is in that painting. Even though again, was not there at the ratification right. or the debate for it. Sure, he just showed up to sign it. Yeah, because like that 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 has been a bit of a debate on when actually the declaration was signed. Because John Adams, Adams, Jefferson, and Franklin also was under life fourth. Mm-hmm. However, evidence is suge- as I feel like has suggested is too weak of a word, but confirmed is too strong a word. Uh, that the Declaration was like the final copy that is in the National Archives was signed on August the second. Okay. Because and, and that makes sense because if you think about it. They approved the text of the Declaration on July 4th. Okay. And there may have been some signatures on it. They may have signed that copy, but it wasn't, like, the final, like, really nice copy. Sure. So, because at that point... It may, and no, not everybody had signed it. Yeah, and, and also, they're not going to, like, all right, the text is approved immediately have because it would take time to like write out everything really nice like how like how it is mm-hmm. think about like how small and how neat that writing is you have you'd have to hire a professional for that mm-hmm. yeah that's not going to be done in a day yeah that's true so it's going to take time back then especially back then so august 2nd is typically the the uh the assumed date that it was that the delegates actually signed it. Uh. And this is when uh, Carol was signed it because he was he was there. Yeah. The painting that John Trumbull did, you know, like a signing the declaration of the declaration or whatever, the way it's painted makes it look like the, uh, that this is when the declaration is presented. Because mm-hmm. you have Franklin, Jefferson, Adams, and the other two members of that committee, presenting the declaration to John Hancock, mm-hmm. who was president of the Congress at the time. Which, Charles Carroll would not have been there for. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why John Adams so painted him so th- much. So this painting is kind of a, it's kind of a misnomer. When was that one painted? 18... Is in the first decade of the the eighteen hundreds. I don't remember. The yeah, exact isn't year. that the one? That's one of the one. Is that that's the one that John Adams was like? This is I hate this because these I that think, guy wasn't here. That I, guy yeah, wasn't here. Yeah, cause, oh, yeah, yeah, because he wasn't at the Constitutional Convention. So yeah, yeah this would have been the one where he's like, yeah, and th- th- this would have been like, well, Charles Carroll wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> none so, of these guys were there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this one's kind of a kind of a misnomer because he really shouldn't be in this painting because yeah. if it's supposed to be presenting. They were supposed to be showing when it was presented. Carol would not have been there. Right, yeah. If it's supposed to show, like, when it was signed, they wouldn't have these five up here in front showing this document to the president. Right, yeah. Uh, Well, I think it's it's one of those things. It's the artist's interpretation. Yeah, just to show all the people that did sign it was the. Yeah, because a lot of times, like, all these guys weren't here. Right. So, 
Yeah, it's a little creative liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to speak. So, uh, so yeah. So, da, 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 da. oh yeah. Uh, so we said a four and a four for that. So that's an eight for the whites of their eyes. Bonus round. How many documents did he sign? Just signed the one, mm-hmm. and he barely did that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the, like he did the bare minimum needed <laughs> to get in an episode. <laughs> hey, he got it. Yep. So well, yeah, I mean, one... he did a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's one bonus point. So that's a total of thirty six. So which not, not too shabby. Mm. The score doesn't always matter. Mm. We gotta ask the question: <laughs> Is Charles Carroll of Carrollton? A founding father or a floundering father? <laughs> yeah, we know the points don't matter because last episode, he got a ton of points. Yeah, our and high he... scorer is not a founding father. No, 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 no. But only through virtue of fate and the coin. That's true. Yeah, so That's so he, true. he may be in our ending tournament if the listeners decide. Oh, Maybe. Okay. We may have an odd number to where we need some people's choice. A people's choice. But we are, that is... <laughs> In the far, far future. Yeah. So, he may be forgotten by then. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Charles Carroll of Carrollton, what do, you, what, 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 do you, what do you say? Is he a founding Man, or floundering? This might be my toughest decision yet. I ain't going to lie to you mm-hmm. because it's not clear cut for me. Because he had slaves, enslaved a people. Slaves. A lot of enslaved peoples. Yes. He had the hand in the you know, send them back to Africa, whatever yeah. thing, which again, I count as a double edged sword. Yeah. Um, that's not good. I don't like it. Don't like that. So the way I judge is based on how I feel like, does this person represent what mm. I think America should be mm. and what it is or whatever. But on the other hand, the BNO railroad, that's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many accomplishment. Like, still like over on uh, off Rip Rap Road near Vandalia. Like I drove underneath this bridge like seriously like every few days growing up. Yeah. So it has the B and O logo on it. Yep. Um, when we were in Baltimore, we actually yeah. got to see the. Well, you, well, you. I've never been to Baltimore. Well, that's yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, when me and my friends went yeah. to Baltimore, we actually saw where the 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 actual like hub was there yeah. for being that cornerstone that he laid may have been there. They could, yeah, it may I, have I been. don't, I don't know if it, is. I didn't look further into that, but, but, um, you know, the, you know, the other stuff that he, the, the better things that he did, does it outweigh the bad hmm. things that he did? And, and the it's kind stuff. of, that, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Like making it so Catholics are not, you know, uh, well, he may have been entirely self-serving in that matter. He may have, <laughs> he may have, that's true. Uh, it's just hard. To, I don't know. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards founding. I think I'm gonna say founding father on okay. this one. Yeah, I was kind of I'm kind of in the same boat you are because it's like yeah, yeah, he contributed nothing to the documents. Right. I mean, unless you kind of want to say like, oh well, he was helped. Uh, the final or help do the final language bill of rights well that's cool yeah uh, um but i feel like he's a good example of someone who maybe was outside 
those conventions who did a lot outside to to push mm-hmm. public opinion. Well, yeah, he was very prominent, and he and he you know he had his paper thing that he, he did, did and which he that's was, a, and he was really like really the the most prominent Catholic in the colonies. Well, yeah. yeah. So uh, having that voice, that kind of representation, also yeah. contribute to this revolutionary generation. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, he was always for it. Like he was like always yeah. for revolution, <laughs> which he didn't flip flop on that at all. No, he, he was he, like, he we need the flip. bayonet. <laughs> yeah, he didn't flip flop. No, uh, he was <laughs> really. He was ready. The bayonet. <laughs> yeah, he so. wanted to use it. Um, so I'm going. I'm going founding. Yeah. So for me, it's you know, like you said, it's you know, what did they, uh, uh the uh, contribution? Yeah. For me, it's like you know their impact. I feel like he was impactful. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I am gonna say he, Charles Carroll of Carrollson, is a founding father. Founding father. It and is. there's also just enough like little trivia type stuff. Like he was the wealthiest man to sign the Declaration. He was the only Catholic. He was the last one to die. Yeah. yeah. He built the tallest structure in the U.S. <laughs> like the little <laughs> trivia stuff. I'm like, that's yeah. that's cool little stuff. Yeah. But you can't, you know, if you're talking about him, which you would talk about him in yeah. the same breath as all the other founding fathers, you have to say. He did enslave people. Yeah, and that's and how he, he got a he lot of was money. Nowhere, he was not as important as Samuel Adams or John Adams. No, no, no. He's no, nowhere no. near that. He's like definitely in like the, yeah. like probably the bottom tier mm-hmm. of founding fathers. Mm-hmm. But the bottom tier of founding father is still a founding father. Yeah. Okay. I agree. So yeah, I I agree. I barely. Mm-hmm. This is this is a kicker kicking a fifty five yard field goal <laughs> and it barely clears the uprights. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, uh, Charles Carroll of Carrollton, you are a founding father. Ooh. Ooh. But he doesn't get a big monument, just a little one. Uh, maybe no, like a maybe, plaque maybe he gets like a nave at a Catholic church named after There you go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, sources for this. Uh, from the Society of the Sentence of the Signers of the Declaration of Independence, their article on Charles Carroll of Carrollton. Uh, from Ronald Hoffman and Sally Mason, Princes of Ireland, Planters of Maryland, a, a Carroll Saga, 1500 to 1782, from 2000. Scott McDermott's Charles Carroll, Faithful Revolutionary, from 2002. As always, see the pin tweet for general sources. A uh, podcast I am going to recommend for this episode is Unsung History. I think I've gone through all the Rexypod recommendations. I'm just going through other history podcasts I listen to. Uh, very good uh, take on mostly you know, 20th century stuff, but a lot of, a lot of older stuff too. A lot of kind of like women's and LGBT history kind of stuff that go, goes under the radar. I mean, it says in the name unsung history. So kind of stuff under the radar, uh, very well researched, you know, guests are always good. So definitely go check out unsung history. Uh, next time. I didn't say next week. You didn't say, I didn't. I'm learning (laughs) next time. I know. Like the T eight hundred, my learning learning computer. <laughs> uh, next time, Charles Carroll's cousin, uh, Daniel Carroll. Daniel Carroll, also another for, Carroll, also from Maryland, but he signed the Constitution. Oh, so we're shifting a little bit our time frame. So. Okay. So yeah. So next time, anyway, listeners. Next time, <laughs> see ya. Bye. Please be sure to check out our other projects, including We Effed Up, a history podcast where we cover all the times in history where we effed up. 
and The Drunken Pawn, a YouTube channel where we played board games and drink craft beer. As well as Hard Ticket to Sedaris, a movie podcast covering the action films of the late Andy Sedaris. And for all of our projects, visit our Twitter at AOP Pod Network. I'm Steven. And I'm Cody. And this is Imperfect Men. Imperfect Men.